Genesis 27. It starts off entitled The Stolen Blessing. And that... Most of the time that I've read this, I've, it's just made sense. And I've been like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But this time through, I had some questions. And they're not really answered. So let's go through this, and, and, and I'll bring those up. So let's see. When we last left these guys, uh, Jacob and Esau were there. Uh, we know that Esau had married at 40, and there was enough time for that to make uh, Isaac, uh, Isaac and Rebecca's life really, really miserable. We know that at this point, Jacob has already stolen the blessing from Esau, and then we know that Isaac is getting really old. And we'll probably, actually, yeah, when, when Isaac... Isaac has not yet died at this point. So when he does die, we'll find out how old he was. But he knows that he's going to die soonish. And so he called in uh, Esau, his favorite, and he said, go get me some wild game, which is partly why he's his favorite, and cook me my favorite food. And so Rebecca overheard that and told Jacob to go into the field and get two choice goats. So my first question is, why why two because there's no way that Isaac can eat two whole goats that's a lot of meat maybe she was going to make enough for everybody and then he got a portion of it I'm not sure it just seems like a lot like a goat can feed a lot of people so uh continuing on he says go and get this uh, bring me two choice goats I'm going to make this meal. We're going to make this thing happen. Jacob is actually really hesitant about this. He says, or he said that he doesn't want, he doesn't want his father to find out that he's trying to cheat his brother and then curse him. And, and take a look at this. In verse 13, she says, your curse be on me, my son. Just obey and get them for me. And I think that's because she is trying to fulfill the prophecy that she heard when she had these two, that the older would serve the younger. And at this point, she hasn't seen that happen. It, it's getting really late game. And so she she wanted to step in and take this into her own hands and, and force this blessing to happen. I mean, this is the this is the death blessing. Like there's nothing left after this. He's you know, Isaac is gonna be gone. And she wants to make sure that this prophecy is fulfilled. And I think that we run into that. I mean, we, we've seen that already many times. That when God promises to follow through on something, yes, we are, we are to work toward that. But not, not to lie, cheat, and steal to get it. God will provide in a way that is not compromising. And that's really hard for us to understand sometimes. Because we look at our circumstances with our limited understanding and oftentimes we don't see a way for it to work without bending the rules a little. But God doesn't bend rules. God works within his own character to fulfill what is right. And sometimes that's beyond how we understand it. Sometimes I wish we had like an, an, an alternate story. Like, what, what if Rebecca hadn't done that? Like, what, what, how would God have fulfilled that blessing? 
the older serving the younger at this point. Would Esau arrive with the food and uh, and then Isaac look at him and go, you know, I remember God said that he was going to make the younger serve the older, so I'm going to bless you, but you are going to serve your brother. Because that that is what God had in mind. I don't know. Like what it really makes me wonder, like what would have happened if, if people were obedient and submissive to God instead? How would history be different? I've thought a lot about that with regard to Jesus. What would have happened? Like, how could those prophecies be fulfilled and the people of Israel like recognize and humble themselves and still fulfill those prophecies? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if that is possible. But I, I think about that sometimes. Sorry, uh, sidetracking and wondering. Let's see. Uh, your curse be on me. And then uh, Rebecca prepared the food, had him wear Esau's clothes, and and tied some hair on him. And and then I, I wanted to list out the lies that, that come out of Jacob's mouth. So he went in to his father with the food. He said, um, my father. And Isaac said, uh, who are you? <laughs> Which, if he's blind, I would think that he would be very accustomed to the sound and smells of his sons. But he didn't call for Jacob, so he's not expecting him. But it sounds like Jacob. His first lie is, his first two lies, I am Esau, your firstborn. I, I did what you told me, and I'm here to give you food so you can bless me. Isaac said, how? And he replied, because the Lord your God worked it out for me, or he provided it for me. So now he's bringing God into his lie. It seems like it's got to go bad. Like, I'm just waiting. You know, you read that and you're like, that's not going to go well. I mean, it doesn't go well, but it goes well in the short term. Isaac didn't quite believe it, and so he wanted to confirm, and so he touched him, and, and but then he smelled him, and he asked again, are you really my son? And Jacob said, I am. And then he, he ate the food and kissed him, and that's when he smells him. And then, and then that leads right into the blessing. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. I give you from the dew of the sky and from the riches of the land, the abundance of grain and new wine. And so this blessing is uh, for abundant provision in the world so that, that God would bless him, that the, the land would be fruitful for him, that nations would serve him, and that his siblings would serve him. Which is interesting because at this point, I thought he just had one sibling. Maybe there are others through concubines. Apparently that was a thing that they did. And it says, may your brothers serve you. So then he finished and Jacob left. And then Esau came in. And Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably. Who was it then who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate and I blessed. Indeed, he will be blessed. So here's where I, was, where I started to get confused. And it continues on. How difficult would it have been for Isaac, for 
Isaac to say, cursed be the one that cheated me. Or to say, that blessing was for my firstborn that doesn't stand. Or any, you know, like, he doesn't go back on it. He, he, he confirms it. He says, I blessed him. Indeed, he will be blessed. And, and he's really, really firm on it to the point where he can't find any other blessing to give his son. So that means that he was saving nothing for Jacob to begin with, but that he can't bless both of his sons. That just, it's not like, I don't know. It's confusing because if he's, if he's trying to follow in uh, God's example, of blessing nations through people, then you would see that, you know, he, he blessed Ishmael. He said, Ishmael, you will be a great nation. You'll be the father of, um, of 12 tribes. You're going to be, you know, great, powerful in multitude. He, he blessed Lot. He blessed, you know, there, there's a lot of other blessings out there. And you don't, if you bless somebody with the, you know, with rain and with food, like that seems like you could bless two of your sons with that, but he withholds all of that. And I think maybe part of this is that after he realized what had happened, he realized that he was about, he, he had been planning on blessing Esau with everything. And when Jacob stole the blessing, that's what reminded him in a terrible way that he was about to go against God's promise for these children. I think that's why he was trembling. Now, this is, I mean, I'm reading into it a little bit. Um, but I think he realized that he was about to do the wrong thing and that he had been corrected by, by his wife, really, um, and by circumstance, and by God. And so I think that's why he withholds. Maybe, yeah, that, that seems to fit anyway. And so then after much begging, he, uh, Isaac answers him. I don't know if you can count this as a blessing. Your dwelling place will be away from riches and the land and the dew of the sky. So he's saying you are going to be away from cities. You're going to be away from civilization. You're even going to be away from rain. You will be out living by your by the sword. You will serve your brother, and then you're going to rebel, and you're going to throw his yoke off your neck. That doesn't sound like a blessing at all. And so Esau held a grudge against his brother and planned to kill him, basically as soon as his father was dead. Rebecca heard about it and came up with a scheme to, you know, two for one, um, not only can he can she uh, save Jacob by getting him out of there and and sending Jacob to her brother's house, Laban, but she is also so incredibly annoyed with these two wives of uh, Esau, the Hittites. To go back, um, right at the end of chapter twenty six, they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah, so she's really not happy with these wives. And so she said to Isaac, I am sick of my life because of these Hittite women. If Jacob marries a Hittite woman like one of them, what good is my life? She's basically like, I will kill myself if Jacob marries 
a wife that is anything like Esau's wives, which is pretty harsh. And so she's trying to use that as a, as a way to send Jacob off into safety while also getting better in-laws and tricking her husband again. And that's where we, where it's left at the end of that chapter. It's a, uh, it's messed up. There's a lot of messed up happening. We are, we are some very messed up people. And every time I read through here, I just realize how, like, how broken and corrupt and selfish we are. How, how broken, corrupt, and selfish I am. And God still used them. This is, like, not even a little bit. This is the direct line that led to Jesus. God chose these people and worked with these people despite all of these shenanigans in order to provide a way for us to rebuild that relationship with God himself through Jesus. And that is incredible because, because look at how messed up they are. <laughs> Lying and cheating and stealing and murdering and just all of this. Which is not to say I'm better because I'm capable of any of this. And I've seen it in my own heart. You know, that, that hatred or that lust or that greed that just builds up inside. I think somebody... Somebody said once, you are only one, like, think about one, what action could you do that could destroy everything that you have built and done in your life? Is there one thing that you could do that would ostracize you from every relationship, destroy everything that you have? And you could probably narrow it down to one thing. Maybe a pretty drastic thing, but one, you're one choice away from throwing away your entire life just it's very very tenuous and the only way that we can not do I mean there, there are obviously ways that we can destroy our lives more slowly but the only way that we can avoid that is to humbly live in relationship with God and constantly be putting our, our choices and our responsibilities before him humbling ourselves and following in his path because his path is the only path that leads to life.